2: Body. Give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth and go get the baby because she's crying. Green. I can i What
1: do to you do you no. have that? Good point. Uh, well for my team, you know, with uh special boost of energy. And uh, I mean, you see the way the bench reacts. Wow, You know, that helps us out. And now, welcome to the Celtics Beat with Daniel Baker.
2: Good evening everyone. This is Jonathan Lemons and I'm here with the man himself, Daniel Baker. Welcome to the Celtics Beat Show. Uh Daniel, big weekend. Uh big week, I guess, with the NBA draft, of course. And uh I guess we'll start off with probably the biggest Celtics news of it all. Um in the last, what, week and a half, I guess, week. Uh, KG and Pierce, the end of an era. Um, You know, the Band-Aid was finally ripped off, started to peel uh, at the end of last season, or I guess the beginning of last season with Ray Allen leaving. And uh, the era is officially done now that KG, Pierce, and, of course, Doc Rivers are gone. So I guess to kick things off, what are your thoughts? How do you think the Nets will be? How do you think the Celtics will be?
3: Well, the Celtics, they're definitely going to be taking a big step back. They're doing do, doing what they always do. And, um, and by what they always do, I mean teams, they try to reset. You either got to go to the bottom or you're at the top. If you're not contending for titles, you blow it up. And that's what they did. And to be honest, they did it probably at the right time because you're going to get the most – out of Paul Pierce and KG getting three first rounders out of this deal. They got another first rounder from Doc and getting one in two thousand fourteen, albeit it's not it's gonna be the worst of the picks between the Nets and the Hawks, I believe. So that's not that's not the greatest, but in what could be one of the best drafts ever, a draft of rivals, two thousand and three, that's pretty good. So they got the most out of it it's sad, to kind of playing with my emotions a little bit, right? Um, especially with Paul Pierce, who, I mean, if you're a Celtics fan, you, you, you. I'm speechless. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. speechless. I mean, he he's the epitome of what the Celtics mean. He's the consummate Celtic, as I called him, and. He could have easily gone down as a top scorer in Celtics history. And what he did, sticking through the team with all the ups and downs, and you see stars leave rebuilding processes all the time. And then what KG brought really... I think he really just reinforced that championship mentality and the defensive grit that wins championships and that the Celtics maybe were, were, were known of in the past. I mean, I'm not going to say that he brought it completely because Paul Pierce was already there, and I, I think he really matured, especially when KG – and Ray Allen came to town. He really turned into this guy who can be a leader of a franchise and and that is a big burden and it's off the court as well. So, got a lot of emotions, kind of sad, but I think it was the right time and the Celtics got as much as they possibly could.
2: Yep, and and I think uh for Celtics fans, they can sort of take solace. I know it's an in division, which which makes it particularly tough, but you know, if you if you are um sort of still rooting for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. Uh, There are worse places for them to go for their sake. You know, maybe it's nice to see them as a Celtics fan, nice to see them end up in a place where they they might be able to compete for a championship.
3: Oh, for sure. And going into the Nets, I mean, you got to look at the Nets in this deal. I mean, this is a, they're going for it all this year. They pretty much don't have any other years with this team, with this core, these starters or whatever. And, for Jason Kidd, I mean, could you be going to a better situation? Is he going to have to coach? Right. I mean, you you put Darren Williams, Joe Johnson, Paul Pierce, KG, and Brooke Lopez there. They're all veterans who all know exactly what they season. know how to play. Yeah. Job easiest job. Yeah. So good for him. And uh, coming into this situation, but I mean, even at that, if they if they're if they're healthy, I think they're easily number two in the East.
2: Hmm.
3: I don't know how you feel.
2: Yeah, so I assume that means Miami's still number one. Yes. And then what do you have? As, does...
3: hard, as, as much as Dwayne Wade seems to be breaking down at the moment, I mean, you have the best player in the game who's still at the peak of, mm-hmm. of his powers. And I don't see any reason. There's a champs. someone's got to knock him off. I don't see any reason for a regression. And also, outside of the starting five for Brooklyn, even the depth I would question. I mean, I know Miami doesn't have the most depth. And those guys are kind of old, although Ray Allen did just pick up his player option for next season, so he's coming back uh to Miami, so they'll have that clutch three point shooting as well. I, I I don't you don't know. It's unproven. That's the biggest thing. But they did play defense. This was a Nets team last year that was I believe in top five, at least in terms of points allowed, throughout the season. And then when you when you bring in Kevin Garnett to add to that, this could be a very, very, very formidable team.
2: And who do you have after them, then? Are you thinking the Pacers or with Derrick Rose back? Do you like the Bulls?
3: I got to go Pacers just because we don't – well, first of all, we have to assi- – I'm going to assume that Derrick Rose is coming back. Let's be real. It's been enough time. Right, and he was probably okay to come
2: back. He was being extra cautious by not coming back, you know, three months true, ago. True.
3: And I don't, we don't have to get into that at all? <laughs> a different conversation. yeah, yeah. <laughs> People get very heated, but assume, assuming Derrick Rose is back with the Bulls, a, after seeing what the Pacers did taking Miami to seven games, you don't. I, you you got to see how the team's going to be. They might even, who knows if Boozer's going to be around. Maybe they make a move. Right. Uh, you, you just don't know with them. Dang, how, how's his health going to be? So, I mean, Chicago can be right there. They can be 2B right behind, or 3B right behind Indiana. But I think those four teams are so, very solidly above the rest of the teams in the east. Sure. Uh, New, New York I think might take a little step back. What are the chances that they're going to set some more rec, all those records shooting threes two years running? So, and they the, also have 44 becoming, million
2: dollars tied up in Carmelo and Armari Stoudemire.
3: Yes, yes. So that that is quite unfortunate for their Futures in terms of finances, but I mean those four teams. And if you're just looking at the starting five, two, and come playoff time, I mean during the regular season, KJ and Pierce they don't need to be playing more than 25 minutes a game, and I don't think they will. So when you're talking about come to playoff time, and then those guys can be playing over 30 minutes a game, those top four teams in the East, we might be seeing a power shift in the uh, in the NBA in general. You don't know how what 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 the Spurs are gonna what's going to happen with the Spurs and how they're going to come back next season, Oklahoma city, they'll be there. We know that's going to happen. So yeah. I think there, there might be a little bit of a powers power shift next year with Derek Rose coming back and uh, this, this new Nets team that should be in the top four, if not top three. And
2: the, the other thing about the East, if you're looking at a potential power shift is the rest of the East is going to stink. Uh, they're they're So this is where uh, I'm sort of thinking, after those four, you say, okay, the Knicks will take a step back, but they're, they're probably number five, I would imagine, in most people's um, uh, projections. For sure. Now, who's next? Now, Baxter Holmes had a piece of the globe yesterday, uh, talking to some sources around the league, projecting where the everybody's talking about, well, the Celts are blowing it up, and, and certainly they are, and they're entering a rebuild, and it's going to be painful, and they're... Uh, their projections in Vegas to win went from uh 33 and 1 of winning the title next year to 75 in 1 after the trade. That's generous. <laughs> so, you know, that, I mean, that's they're going to they be plummeted. bad. But but how bad are they going to be? Because the Bucks got the 8th seed this year with a losing record. Um are they going to be worse? A lot of the sources that Baxter Holmes has been talking to around the league say if John Rondo's healthy, Rajon plus whoever this new coach is, Rajon Rondo is good enough to get you uh, a low seed in the oh, playoffs. He is. What he's do you a think?
3: Super he, he's a superstar. He's one of the three best point guards in the NBA. Not only that, you have Jeff Green, and if he can now – he's going to have to be the guy, uh, more or less, on offense. Um, aside from Rajon Rondo, he's going to have to be the main – He. I don't want to say he's going to be the main scorer because I think Rondo, if he's going to take a next step, he Rondo should be and can be the top scorer for a team. But Jeff Green, if you have to start a starting lineup between Rondo, Bradley, Jeff Green, Brandon Bass, and now you're probably looking at Kelly Olynyk, and we'll get to him in a little bit, that's not that bad. And depending on who else they have, on the bench, I mean, you bring in guys, and Jared Wallace, maybe he'll start. And yeah, he had an atrocious year last year. Sure did. He hit about what twenty percent of his field goals outside of about eight feet or so. He really had a bad year. But there's a reason that the Nets shelled out forty million dollars for him. He's not a bad player. He's only and about
2: thirty or thirty-one. He's he's getting up there in age, but he's not he's not too old yet.
3: Chris Humphries too, who might be one of the most underrated players in the NBA, just. I don't necessarily know how, but probably because of all the Kardashian stuff, that his notoriety, his skill level didn't necessarily correlate to his notoriety. That's fair. But, I mean, here's a guy. He can rebound. He can bang down low for you. He can give you some quality minutes. So, the Celtics really, I I don't think that they would fall out of – if they're healthy of the Eastern Conference playoffs. I think if you're gonna put New York in that five seed and honestly a team I think could sink up into the five seed depending on how well um their their draft pick acclimates on the NBA and by all accounts he might be the most NBA ready player. The Washington Wizards, they're probably number six in in the Eastern Conference. Mm, okay. Six or seven at see, the ceiling I think they could even make make the five seed depending on how what happens with New York and how they hold up. Because I mean they just they lost Kid, who's now coaching Brooklyn Right. So, we'll we'll see how that team, who was the oldest in the NBA, how they hold up for next season. But Washington's definitely going to be in the playoff mix. Then you look at Cleveland, a young team with Kyrie Irving, who's a budding superstar, Deion yes. Waiters, Tristan Thompson, a lot of youth. The Barajal is going to be there, too. Then you add Bennett to the mix and Zeller and all these other young players that they have. Cleveland will be uh, not necessarily forced to be reckoned with. So, teams have a lot of chances. It's going to be interesting – if you're on the cusp, what you do, because this draft class is so strong, you just right. have to get the lottery. You, you might not have the number one pick, but if you can get in there and increase your chances to get up into that top five, even top ten, there are, there are franchise-changing players at multiple positions to so get – So did the mix.
2: Celtics get bad enough?
3: Oh, I, I honestly don't know. I don't think they did. If, if – gun to my head – I don't think the Celtics got bad enough.
2: Now, that brings me to my next question, which are rumors about Rondo that surfaced this week, that the Dallas Mavericks have reached out to the Celtics and are interested in acquiring him. Um, those rumors, they come from, I think it's Dallas Maverick not Dallas Mavericks, DallasBasketball.com, I believe it is. Uh, and they, they've been confirmed by Gary Washburn, by Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, and the Celtics had asked for a number of expiring contracts um, or or uh, contracts off their books, rather, yeah. uh, in return, and also Dirk Nowitzki. Now, that tends to be a conversation ender with Dallas, um, but if Dallas is looking for Rajon Rondo, um, if they're poking around, you know, Dirk isn't getting any younger. He's in that same class with Paul Pierce. Um, that makes them bad enough, certainly. That makes the Celtics bad enough if they get rid of Rondo. It also throws a wrench in this rebuilding around Rondo plan, I don't know which way the Celtics are going to go. Obviously, there's been mixed signals. If they if they were sure that the Celt, if the Celtics were sure that Rajon Rondo was uh, a franchise centerpiece, a guy that you could build around, they would not have shopped him the last few years. Uh, and I think it was I don't know if they did this year, but uh, certainly the year before and the year before that, there were tons of trade rumors swirling around Rondo. No, that,
3: um, that, that's true. So it's it, it's almost mind boggling. Sorry, it just. For a guy who, when he's at his best, there, there's no other point guard. He, he can be the best point guard in the league. He can be a top yes. five player in the league when he's at his best. You're
1: so getting absolutely. him for
3: about ten million dollars a year. He's still on an incredibly, incredibly reasonable contract yep. for someone of his caliber, and, and and to throw that away. Uh, he's still just twenty seven. I just I don't I don't quite understand that. Essentially, if you're trading him. You're really building around. You're building around Bradley. Oh, I forgot to mention Sullinger too. Oh, when I was looking at my starting lineup, so you're building around Bradley Sullinger, Jeff Green, I guess Brandon Bass because I think he might be around for a few more years too on his contract, Kelly Olenek, and then whoever else you get in the draft in 2014. I'm not. I'm not quite as sold on that. You don't give up a superstar like that. I think unless you're getting something guaranteed back, and I don't see think there's any way that Dallas is going to give up. Dirk Nowitzki. I think if there's a way that they just get Rondo, I mean Dallas is Dallas is making a huge play. If they if they're trying to get Rondo and Dwight Howard, put them along with Dirk Nowitzki, and that 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 is quite a roster for next season. But I I, I can't see Dallas trading Nowitzki at all. I right. think he's one of those guys. I think Mark Cuban does. Um I think what without about loyalty, that's okay. that right, right up there with what the Celtics ha- have done with Pierce and, and, and other teams, as loyal as you can get in professional sports, I think Mark Cuban is to Dirk Nowitzki. Sure. So I, I don't know if that's gonna happen. So yeah, I, I don't think the Celtics are bad enough. If they trade Rondo, yes, they can definitely get into that lottery. I think they'll definitely miss the playoffs if they trade Rondo. But I mean, if you're tra- if you're swapping Rondo for Dirk Nowitzki, think about that lineup for the Celtics. So I mean, you would that, rather they'd be that,
2: mediocre with Rondo, than be terrible without him, and have a better chance of getting the the, the draft pick.
3: i saying, would I rather? I mean, if they're go- if they're going to be bad, be bad. Don't trade. I mean, the trade the proposed. Post trade with Rondo and Nowitzki doesn't make any sense to me. Cause right. that's not, you're not getting bad enough. You're, you're getting Nowitzki. You can say what you want about him. He battled back from injuries. He was pretty good this season when he came back, and he's just a couple years away from being the guy who basically single handedly beat LeBron James in the playoffs and right. the Heat. That was one of the most impressive playoff performances of all time. So, you're not, he can, he's another guy that still, at, at, in a full season, can lift a team by himself. And that'll make the Celtics a pretty interesting team if you had Dirk Nowitzki. So if you have one of those guys, those guys who can get you into a low seed all by themselves, you're not bad enough. Yeah. Now, if you're going to ask me, what would I, what would I as a coming from a, as a Celtics fan, what would I want to see? This is really interesting. I, w- I think I would want them to keep Rondo. I really love Rondo. I, I think he fits him well, and it's easy to bring in other players especially players who want to score, when you can say, hey, you have a guy, guess what he cares about? Getting you baskets. That's the one thing.
2: That's Uh, a great point.
3: And it's kind of hard to bring players to Boston. It's not as easy as getting players to Los Angeles or New York. Or, heck, even even Dallas and Houston, Roy Howard is fascinated by those. And they have all the tax breaks in Texas going for them as well. So that is a, a great bargaining chip. Again, his contract is phenomenal. I would like to keep him and... Who knows? Maybe maybe they do have a bad year and, and, and fall in the lottery. But I think what you can also do is the amount of picks that they have accumulated and the expiring contracts that they have, they can package together a lot of things this upcoming season. Hey, if it doesn't work out Rondo, you know what you can do? You can package Rondo. Because even if I'm in that lottery, if I'm close enough, I take Rondo over pretty much any one of the right. players coming out. Because you again, you know what you're getting. You know what this. you're
2: getting. Yep. And
3: he, he's not yet 28. Uh, and
2: As we've learned, I think, uh, age is probably a less uh, determining factor in sort of how much a guy has left in his tank than miles. And Rondo just missed an entire season. So he's not yet 28 and also missed an entire season, didn't accumulate all those miles. And Rondo racks up some tough miles.
3: That it does. Yeah, he he does. So you do have to look at that as well. But he didn't just miss a season. He didn't just take off a season. I mean, he did tear his ACL. He's recovering. We also we don't know how he's gonna be. We don't know when he's coming back. I don't even, I don't know if he's gonna be ready for the beginning of the season. I don't want him coming back until he's a hundred fifty percent ready. <laughs> no my, way. My guess is no the Celtics
2: work. will take the same approach. If if their goal is to shed all of these contracts by the end of next year. And to tank for this draft, then I assume they're not going to be in any rush to get him back on the they floor either. Him.
3: And that—that's that, the other thing I was going to get to. What if Rondo's not ready? What if he doesn't play? He, he waits a bit. He he waits about half the season. And, and he's a, he's a, he's a he's a big competitor. All these guys are really big competitors. They want to play. They want to win every time they're out there. Is it a conversation that maybe Danny's going to have? Say, hey Rondo, listen. We want to make sure you're really ready, but we're going to ease you back in. Really ease him back in, not putting any pressure on him because, in that private conversation, we kind of want to tank. I mean, exactly. this is going to be an incredible season for how many teams are in a position to tank and how badly they do it. This is going to, I think there's going to be conspiracy theories all over sure. because there's a lot of teams that just aren't good. And yeah, if I'm them and if I'm in that position, that's an easy sell to fans. Hey, guess what? Just one more year, we're going to get a stud coming out. And we already had a high draft pick this year, so next season will be even better. A team like Philadelphia, who, I mean, they lost a lot, but training for, for Noel, then getting a pick for next season. A team like Phoenix. A team like the Pelicans. There are a lot of teams that are in that position.
2: So let me ask you, push comes to shove you say you want Rondo to stay here. Can the Celtics become not with this roster, but can they become with however many more pieces you want to add uh, a legitimate title contender? If Rondo is the best player, the Celtics have.
3: That is a great question because we haven't seen a team win a championship with, with a point guard. As their best player, at least in recent memory, in a very, very long time. Yeah, I'm trying. And I'm not to sure think. Can all. I, I know that. I, I mean you Isaiah, make, obviously. Uh, you, you can make the case that we're probably we're in the golden generation of point guards, and the point guard position might be it, it quite possibly is the most important position on the court, but still. I mean, San Antonio would have been as close as you could get. I mean, Tony Parker was the best player on the team this year. He was injured. The reason they didn't win, you can pretty much get it down to Tony Parker's hamstring. It wasn't yeah. healthy. You can make an argument that, my, that LeBron James is Miami's point guard, but he's not even in the same category. Right, right, yeah. That's a difference. We've never seen anything like that. So, I mean, you go back with the Mavericks. It was Dirk Nowitzki as the best player. The years with Kobe. And the Lakers, he was their best player. You look at the Celtics. Rondo wasn't leaving the team then. Right. even back to Shaq and Duncan in the Santona years. It, it, it just it hasn't been done. So right. we don't know. There's a team that's on the cusp of it and trying to, a team that just took the Celtics coach, made a trade. The Clippers are in that position to see what they can do. And we'll see how much a coach can actually make a difference. But Chris Paul coming back, he's by far their best player on the team. He's he's in that they're and they're in the championship hunt. Chicago, they could be a team to do that this season with Derrick Rose. Yep. I think it can be done with the right pieces.
2: To be fair, with Derrick Rose, that he looks an awful lot like a shooting guard most of the time.
3: He does, it, but but, man, but it's a fair point. That, he's
2: a point guard, and that's that's a totally fair point. But it, it was it's a little
3: bit of apples and oranges when you're talking about Rondo to Rose.
2: Rose is essentially a shooting guard almost three-quarters of their possessions.
3: <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And, and then you can look to Oklahoma City, too, with Russell Westbrook, although obviously he's the second-best player on the right. team. So right. not sure. Um, there, there are definitely teams that are in title contention that their best player is a point guard. But until until it's done, I'm not, I'm not too sure. I think it can be done with the right pieces around him. So – and with a guy like Rondo, when you're talking about a point guard, he just does so much for the team that I think it's possible. He, he can adapt to so many ways. He can be the guy who's going to score 40 points a night. He can be the guy who's going to get 20 assists in the night. He can be a guy who's going to get 12 rebounds from the point guard position. I think his versatility really makes it possible because you can put, there's so many different types of teams you can put around him. I think the Celtics would be better off if they built a team around Rondo that could run Mm-hmm. and really use his speed cuz he's he's one of the fastest guys with the ball in his hands for sure in the NBA along with Rose and Westbrook. He's right up there. Sure. So, I think they would be it would be fun to have him play on a fast break team, but heck, look at 2008. The the past seasons with this KG era, it was a slow offense and it was a team that really was kind of predicated on the half court.
2: So, do you see whether it's in, do you see anybody in free agency that you'd like the Celtics to pick up next year, uh, or is this? I don't want anybody any better as a Celtics fan. I don't want to bring in anybody that's any good because I I want the Celtics to stink and go for the draft.
3: It's that is, that is such a good question because, like you said, you like sure things. You like I do like, like guys sure that have proven themselves. I do like sure things, and we already the the, the, the we already know that the Celtics are gonna get. A, a pick, an extra pick in next year's draft from 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 this big three trade,
2: for from, right. from
3: from the Pears are going to so that along with wherever that may be, even if it's in the teams, you could package that together to move up, adding a player in there too, and I think it could be very possible, especially if they have players with certain contracts that they could get rid of. Josh Smith, just throwing that name out there. I know there's a people are very hot and cold with him. You either kind of love him or you hate him. But a guy who is apparently best friends with Rondo, and I don't think you can minimize what that means to a team and to those players who, if you're worried about their head cases, putting him in a great situation personally, that's got to help him on the court. He's a talent that could really, really go far. You put him at the four next to Jeff Green playing a kind of taller lineup, uh, Jeff Green at the three because he can play three, four, heck, even the two. That's not bad. That's not half bad. That and that adds depth when you put Solinger and Olenek in the mix as well, and Bass in terms of bigs. That's a lot of depth, which is good to have. That's five solid big men right there. So if they can maybe make a run of him, because the other thing you have to look at, and what I already touched on a little bit earlier, Boston isn't a destination right now. Right. It, 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 not, it hasn't necessarily been the destination. It, it, it's up there. It's a historic franchise, but. If there's a guy like a Josh Smith who's willing to go to Boston, you take your chance. Interesting. I
2: don't want anything to do with Josh Smith if I'm a Celtics fan.
3: Or even an Al Jefferson or someone like that. Well, the thing
2: with Al Jefferson, I like a lot about Al Jefferson as a player, but if I'm a Celtics fan and I'm looking at building around Rondo and Jeff Green and Avery Bradley – you don't want to stick Al Jefferson in the middle of that because he is not fast. He you do not run with Al Jefferson. No, that's no. an inside-out game, which is the opposite of what a lot of people want to at least see uh, Rondo run.
3: Yes, and so we, I mean, just like Kevin Garnett, he wasn't the fastest guy out there too. At some point, someone on the team you gotta have a post presence if you're gonna go anywhere, and that's still the one thing the Celtics lack. I. Got to see what Kelly Olynyk does. I, I do actually like the pick a lot. I think he's the most polished big man coming out of college on the offensive end. And I think that will help the Celtics. But at the end of the day, if you don't have someone who can score in the post, you're not going to win. Unless you got—I have to qualify, it, unless you're LeBron James. And if you're on LeBron James' team, you don't need it. But everybody else, everyone else, you need one of those guys to win. You just do. Yep. It, 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 no matter where the NBA is going, even if it's a point guard-driven league, even if it's a smaller guy league, you still need that big man. You still do. There's, I mean, look at the teams who push Miami. Indiana, Chicago even gave them some trouble, even without Derrick Rose. When he comes back, add that to the mix with their size, and then San Antonio with Duncan, they give him fits. Because at the end of the day, that one, that's Miami's weakness, but it's still part of basketball. And, and even Even who
2: just ended up? Late in the playoffs, you, know, you add Memphis to the mix; mm-hmm. they're all you know, they're all bigs.
3: You got to have it, so that's why I do like the draft pick. I do really like the Celtics draft pick. Interesting. So uh, you touched
2: on Doc and going out to LA with the Clippers. Um, quickly, what what are your thoughts? Do you like the fact that you know, for, from a Celtics standpoint, do do you mind giving up Doc Rivers? Did they get enough?
3: Wow. They got a first-round pick. I mean, if it could have been next year, that would have been better. I think they maybe could have pushed because the Clippers really, really wanted Doc Rivers. Um, But, I mean, a first-round pick, that's good. That's pretty good. And the thing that I take from it, as good of a coach as he is, as great of a coach, and he's one of the best in, in the NBA, you can't deny that. However, especially as a Celtics fan... Why do you want a guy who doesn't want to be there? He clearly didn't want to be there. Even, even if he's waffling and says, okay, I'll come back. No, I want a guy who wants nothing more than to be the head coach of the Boston Celtics. And there's, not, there's nothing wrong with Doc changing his mind. It, it, it seems a little odd signing that five-year contract. I, I, I read somewhere that he maybe felt pressured into doing that, which kind of sounds ridiculous. I felt pressured into being the highest-paid coach. I mean, you, you knew that, he knew at some point he was going to have to be part of a rebuilding phase if he played out that contract. So, it's, it's it's good. The Celtics did very well. I, I think it was the right time. I mean, again, why do you want a guy who doesn't want to be there?
2: Yeah, uh... Yeah, all fair points, Daniel. I know you need to go, so we're gonna we're gonna let you go, and we are going to cut to commercial, and we will be back shortly. Thanks everyone so for much. listening, Daniel. Enjoy the uh, enjoy the
3: game, and uh, we so will to talk the to everyone else. game. So if you're watching, I don't know how close I am behind home plate. I heard the seats I'm going to be sitting in or the governor's seats. So take take uh, take, take a look for someone in a red t-shirt tonight on ESPN.
2: Enjoy, Daniel, and guys, we will be back in just a minute.
0: Hey, this is Mike Fay from Mike T, just reminding you about all of the great stuff we have right here on clnsradio.com. Even though the Celtics may be in the offseason, our Celtics postgame show will be back in better than ever when the boys in green take the parquet again. And until then, stay with CLNS for outstanding coverage of the Red Sox and Paw Sox, plus we still have our outstanding weekly shows. Tuesday night at 7.30, it's the Boston Sports Connection, hosted by CLNS content manager Sean Backey. One hit away from perfect game, and he was dealing on Saturday. On Wednesday, Brian Langford brings you the evening score at 8. I always tell you, I'm not scared to go into it. I'll go
1: completely into it.
0: And tune in Thursday nights at 9 for NBA for Life with Pat and AWOL. The Pacers win games when they go inside to David West and Roy Hibbert. Don't forget, you can call into our live shows at 347-215-7771, and if you miss the live broadcast, you can download us on iTunes. And there are even more awesome podcasts available. Check them all out on clnsradio.com.
1: Hi, everyone. It's Ty Ray from King of the Court and the Celtics postgame show. clnsradio.com is rapidly expanding, and you can be a part of it all. Join the CLNS radio community today. Register as a CLNS member. When you join, you'll get your very own blog page and profile. And signing up is so easy; you can even use your Facebook page to do it. While you're at it, text CLNS fans to two two eight two eight to join our e updates community. That's CLNS fans. One word to 22828. And don't forget, you can always chat and become a part of the conversation on our message board. That's at clnsradio.com/forum. CLNS radio
2: is getting bigger and better every day, and we want you to be right there with us.
0: Celticsblog.com. Blogging since 2004 and leading an outstanding team of contributors, Jeff Clark is the most distinguished Celtics blogger on the web. Celtics Blog features a team of journalists and locker room reporters that provide Celtics fans the most unique, thoughtful, and in-depth commentary online. There's a bunch of ways to interact with the number one community of Celtics fans, Friday fan posts, fan forums, and the most popular live game chat room. CLNS Radio is proud to be a content partner of Celtics Blog, and Celtics Blog simulcasts the CLNS Celtics postgame show following every single Celtics game. And that's not all. CLNS and Celtics Blog join forces this season to bring you the Garden Report, the only HD post-game show shot live on the parquet floor at TD Garden. Check it all out today at
1: CelticsBlog.com.
2: This is A.G. Bradley of the Boston Celtics, and you're listening to CLNS Radio.
3: CLNSRadio.com,
2: the home of Internet Sports Talk Radio and welcome back to celtics beat i'm here with larry russell larry welcome to the show uh we just had daniel and uh, we were we were just kicking around right at the end there touched on doc rivers and his um uh, unique departure from the celtics uh, we'll call it that uh it's been a little vague as to exactly what happened both sides are sort of towing the line in terms of uh sharing blame uh throwing blame uh saying who wanted to leave and who wanted them gone Ultimately he's Dark Rivers is gone. Do you do you one think the Celtics got enough? Uh and, and two, what are your thoughts on him leaving?
1: Well, uh, first off, I mean you're definitely right, it is very vague. Uh no one entirely knows. Although I think I mean if you can if you're one of those people um that can put two and two together which I guess is few and far between of those people left in our society these days. I think, you know, you have a good idea what's going on. But uh one, do I think I they got, really got enough? I guess, you know, you would have liked, you were hearing two first-round draft choices in that original trade with uh, Doc and Garnett going for Jordan and a couple of picks. And you were hearing that Denver was offering a first-round pick for Doc Rivers, and Denver right. uh, will likely be a worse team than the Clippers. They're sort of around, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Denver finished with a higher seed in the Western Conference than L.A. did last year. So uh, I guess the draft pick is similar. Yeah. Uh, and you would have likely thought um, that New Jersey would have offered, a, or excuse me, Brooklyn would have offered a first-round draft choice as compensation uh, when they wanted you to would talk this yeah. back. Uh, but they were denied. Uh, would they offer an unprotected pick in a few years? You never know. But, um, you know, when you consider at the end that you would have thought it, it would start to look something like that Doc wasn't going to make it to the end of the contract. And if the Celtics, you know, went back and, you know, brought a mediocre team in this year, even with Garnett and Pierce, Doc's value would have gone down. And Doc likely left anyways, whether at the end of his contract he would have gotten nothing or um, before the end of his contract where his value, his own personal value probably would have decreased. I guess, you know what? first round job choice in the n b a in these n b a s for whatever reason they cover them covet them these teams covet first round job choices late first round picks a lot more than they did ten twenty years ago uh largely because you can look at teams like the Celtics who built their original big three on these late first round picks they, sure. it, they added up some solid players and the Spurs and the pacers now have done it as well so uh yeah, do I think they think they got enough for God, uh, doc who's was good enough. And you know what are my overall general thoughts on it um you know it it definitely sounds to me that doc kind of kind of didn't like sort of uh-huh didn't uh huh did not want to be here it It's just when he had doubt uh in that press- press conference after the sixth game against new york, uh I always thought he'd be back but You know, I think Ainge, what was it, May 30th he came out uh, in the Globe. I think it was to Gary Washburn, and he told them, what are you guys talking about? Doc's coming back. There's no doubt in my mind. Even though Doc wasn't saying anything. And then Doc never said anything. Right. It sounded to me that the sellers absolutely wanted him back. Um, Even 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 regarding the fact that he was the highest paid coach in the league, even regarding the fact that they were going to get at least a first round draft choice for him if they let him go. So I think after uh, Doc Rivers wasn't given an award, slash Doc Rivers was floating with other options, you know, I think the Celtics organization, Danny Ainge in particular, they did kind of give in and say, you know what, maybe this guy's heart isn't really going to begin with this year. I'm not saying he would have just gone through the motions, but usually when you have a head coach, the guy's got to take that job more than seriously, they're putting these guys put in 15, 16, 17 hour days. They eat, sleep, right. live, and breathe basketball. If They're not coaching a game, they're watching games. Don't, I mean, they're psychopaths. And <laughs> if Doc's not going to be some uh, a, a borderline psychopath about basketball, you know, what are you getting from your head coach? And what are you going to be doing paying that guy $7 million? So I think they did kind of throw up their hands up in the air just to listen if we get something fair for you, hey. You can go. You know, we like you to be here. We like you to be, you know, a long-term coach, a la Jerry Sloan, Greg Popovich, as Danny Ainge alluded to in his press conference. But it didn't seem like it meant to be. So,
3: now if you're the Celtics,
2: do you care? Do, Do do you if you're the Celtics, do you mind him leaving? Because if your plan, as it clearly is. Um the Celtics are, are certainly not better in the short term by the trade with uh, with the Nets, um, meaning they want to take a step back. They, they want to – whether you call it rebuild or whatever you want to call it, uh, they're not as good. It was not a short-term move. Um, so if they're going to be worse, if you're the Celtics, do you want to pay a coach $7 million to win 34 games? Or does this well, work out well the for
1: you? Obviously. No, Uh, but I think they had a different plan. Uh, I, I firmly believe Danny Ainge and even the Sellers organization highly values stability at the top of the organization. Not many franchises, let alone in the NBA, not many franchises in sports have that, where they have good ownership, management, and coach all on the same page, and they have a defined culture and a defined identity, they, were, they would have been willing to go above and beyond and pay a little more, and maybe pay a little more than he wants to in some down years, knowing that the returns in the future are going to be fine. Hmm. So, do I care? That uh, do they care? Do, do I think that they do care? I think I think they do. Uh, this was clearly Ainge clearly had a vision, of keeping Doc around as long as he could. Uh, he it was a head coach that he could trust. Uh, He was one of the first moves he made um, when Ainge came on board back in May of 2003. As we all remember, was uh, re-signing Joe O'Brien, and that didn't work out. It just did not work out. O'Brien was out of the out of out of Boston by January of '04, just a few months into that season. It just wasn't meant to be. And since then, uh, they you know they finished up that season. They hired Doc Rivers, and that's just
2: stuck with him through some times for
1: them. He's he's been the guy for for Ainge, uh, as a, even when the Celtics were going through bad years, not once do you ever hear Doc Rivers' name on the hot seat, right. not once. So, yeah. I think they, I mean, I think they care. He, he was a, a guy the organization, not just Ainge. I think Ainge, mm-hmm. Drago, they valued him. Uh, they made him the highest-paid coach in the league. <laughs> when he, you could make an argument, he should not have been. You would say he's easily one of the best, but you're gonna tell me he should be the highest-paid coach in the league. Uh, I don't know,
2: but they value
1: him. So they, they obviously care. Believe me, uh and I I think they care as well.
2: Do you have any feel for where the Celts uh are going to go with their with their new coaching job? Whether it's a, a name or a type of coach, and do you have any if you're the Celtics, who do you want? You know, who would you like to see end up there? As a Celtics fan, or you know, as a hypothetical GM, what kind of coach? What sort of philosophy uh, are you looking to to put back at the at, in charge?
1: Um, I don't. I, I personally think right now a philosophy, like in terms of what type of offense, you know, you gonna have like a defensive mind coach, uh,
2: exactly
1: that plays a lot of sludge ball. Or maybe a, a, a coach like a fat who's going to be playing an up-tempo offense, or maybe a coach that runs some sort of motion offense. I, I don't think that's going to be coming a huge play. Like, okay, cause, because the sellers don't have a defined team; they don't have a team. Would right. say, okay, we're we our strengths are say uh, running the fast break. We want a coach that is going to play a tempo, maximize possessions. Game. I just think Ainge is going to look at candidates and have certain candidates sell themselves on their personal styles and how they'll fit the team the best. But hmm. uh, in terms of that coach, I remember hearing Jack McMullen saying that they aren't going to be spending money, which to me now makes sense. It's like, okay, well, you know, we were going to pay Doc Rivers. We had no problem with that. He was our guy. But hey, at this point, we not, we're not sure we have that guy out here. Um, we're building a building team. It doesn't make sense to spend money. Yeah, uh, I I, cert, I think it's an absolute given that they're going to be hiring you know uh, an assistant you know a uh, first time head coach. Uh, mm-hmm. They won't go near the Byron Scott, and Van Gundy's or Lionel Hollins. I don't think they will go near them. Or towards Carl. Uh they won't go near those types. Sure. Um, and going into that season, I still think I still think there's an outside possibility that Danny Ainge, who's been a coach, pulls an ML car, and throws the season away, throws the season away, and, you know, I I don't see the Celtics tanking year after year after year, like, say, like a Cleveland or the Bobcats do, but Mm -hmm. this is, sure enough, that transcendent draft. I see the Celtics, you know, maybe Ainge stepping in, you know, guiding this, quote-unquote, guiding the Celtics to a 2025 win season, and, you know, positioning themselves for another fateful day in the end of May, as we were back in, 2007 and 1997, I, could, I, I, I put that at about you know, 8 or 9% that Ainge comes down, pulls an ML car, and then the rest, you know, was it, 90, 91% that they'll just hire, you know, a David Fisdale, a, a Brett Brown type, or, yep. you know, even like the, what Charlotte did with Mike Dunlap last year, pulled him seemingly out of thin air. Could be a guy, you know, you'll just completely never heard of. Um, It will be something like that I don't think it will be much of a name So, and who knows It could be Danny Ainge himself
2: So, one thing I thought of when you said that It's funny because I think we do have a sense Of what the majority Of the roster is going to be uh, Going to be looking like If Rondo doesn't move This this team is built around Rondo I think that's safe to say Um, I think they're in no rush to get him back Uh, Daniel and I mentioned this Uh, I don't think they're bad enough right now. I don't think that trade made them bad enough to not make the playoffs. If you have a healthy Rondo and Baxter Holmes had a piece about this in the globe, uh, I think Saturday, uh, if it's a healthy Rajon Rondo, he is good enough to get them in a bad, well, I shouldn't say a bad anymore, but, but a, um, a top heavy uh, Eastern conference, they will be good enough to get into the playoffs. So, Long story short, if they are tanking, I don't think they're in any rush to get Rondo back. Um, but the funny thing is, we do have a sense of what that team's going to look like, assuming Rondo stays. You have Rajon Rondo, you have Avery Bradley. You know what his skill set is. You know what Jeff Green can do. Uh, you know what Jared Sullinger can do if he stays on the court. But we've never seen Rondo run what might fit him best. You know, every, every, he's, he's fast with the ball. You know, he's great on a fast break. He's so creative and and. But we've never seen him run a, a quick offense, so we have eight years of Rajon Rondo or seven years of Rajon Rondo, and we still don't know what what that means. What? Oh, we have a Rajon, we have a Steve Nash offense, right? We know, okay, well, we, we'll build the offense around Steve Nash. We know what that means. We have seven years of Rajon Rondo. We don't know what an offense built around Rajon Rondo looks like because Pierce and Garnett and Ray Allen were here for so long, and offense didn't run through them, but but was. You know, the plays the you know the, the play book the play book looks a lot like something that you would want Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett to be playing in not Rajon Rondo you know Rondo would would call the plays and stuff but that was built around maximizing Pierce and, and Allen and Garnett I don't know what that looks like so when you're saying do you bring in a, a guy that runs a fast offense or motion based offense I don't know you know we have Rondo and we should know at this point but we don't which is sort of interesting he's almost 28 years old we still don't know what fits him best uh
1: well I think you're right to an extent. I, I would say that the team was sort of running an offense around Rondo the last two or three years. Um, except, I think the, as I think you're right in that you're you're half right in that. While it did run around Rondo, it ran around Rondo to make sure that Garnett and Pierce and Allen uh, were getting their shots in the half court set. Rondo would try to run, but how many times, especially last year and the year before? He was running one-man fast breaks. I think you'll right. see the team running a lot more, uh, certainly this year. They're going to be far more athletic.
3: Um,
1: but in terms of thinking that I, you don't think the Celtics are bad enough, I don't think you have to worry about that. Uh, the offense with Rondo um, has been poor for the last not just two years, but almost going back to 2010. Yep. Uh, pretty much since uh, Rondo took a more focal point in the team. The offense has been atrocious. Uh, Even though they'll be running a lot more, they'll also be scoring a lot less in the half court than they were. Uh, They have no shooters on this team. They have no shooters (laughs) whatsoever. Uh, So the offense is at best going to stay the same, which is in the bottom third of the league, even bottom fourth. And you're going to look at the Celtics team now. Defensively, they will just fall off the map. You're looking at bottom half of the league at best.
2: Yeah, without Garnett, defense. that's uh, that's everything.
1: Uh, without Garnett, without the coaching staff, uh, without the mentality the team has had taken over these last six years.
2: Which I think uh, is
1: Garnett. I think the, the team will, will utterly implode. Um, uh, this team barely made the playoffs last year. Uh, yes, Rhonda was hurt. But when, when Rondo was what was their record? Twenty and twenty-three. They were right, uh, they by were, no yeah. means running teams off the court. Uh, they barely made the playoffs, postseason last year. Uh, uh, they barely you know beat out the Milwaukee Bucks for the seventh seed. How many games did Milwaukee win last year? Thirty-eight, thirty-nine. I don't think they even won forty games. Uh, the team was no sense for the postseason whatsoever. I, I, I personally think they're right around high twenties. Uh, low 30s is, I think, their ceiling, 33 to 35 wins. And I think, uh, you know, their low point, quite frankly, could be what 2007 was eventually after a while saying, well, you know what, pull the plug, um, let's just go out there and try to lose games and watch the team, you know, win 24 games. I think they're anywhere between 24 to 35 wins. This team is, there's there's, there's talent, but with this talent mesh, I don't know. And it's not superstar talent. It's just a couple talented guys. We all know Jeff Green is more than that. do Avery Bradley has, <laughs> Darren Sullinger have issues um, staying on the court. And even when they do on their court, they're, they're impact guys when they have other stars around them. But if yes. you ask them to take a greater role, I'm not sure uh, that's something that, that, that you want. So, I mean, you look at this team... So you disagree. You don't
2: think... You don't think they have a shot at the. Uh, I don't know. They, the playoff.
1: Are not a they are not a playoff team. And as bad as the bottom of the Eastern Conference is, we all know sometimes it takes 36, 37, 38 wins to get that eighth seed. I'm not sure the Celtics can even do that. They're going to struggle to win close games. They'll, they'll lose some close games. Rondo has always been ineffective at close games. It's now his team, if and when he comes back. So I don't think if you're a Celtics fan that now is going back to those days of. Uh, Todd Day and uh, Rick Fox and David Wesley, and then even seven years ago with uh, uh, Scalabrini playing 20 minutes a night. And I think those days are back, for, at least for this season, where, uh, you know, if you're a Celtics fan, you might be rooting for them to be losing uh, this year. And if, you, if that's the case, I don't think you have to worry about that. This team will lose probably at least 50 games coming up this season.
2: Interesting. Now – dang and i touched on this quickly but uh if rondo is the guy that they're building around um are they good enough to win with with him and uh someone almost as good as him uh two guys almost as good as him can you can can the celtics be a legitimate title contender if he's your best player
1: no i've written about this numerous times actually on the website um on the old website so uh you might be having it's just
2: trying that's, to up no, that's what I'm
1: uh, I, I've written uh, probably about three calls on this. You can't win with Rajon Rondo as your first or second best player. Uh, star players are guys that can take over games at the end of games. Uh, they're valuable offensive, or, or, or well, unless you're say uh, uh, a, a Tim Duncan who can dominate offensively or a big man. Perimeter players generally are guys that can take over and that are stars, superstars are generally guys that can take over at the end of games. So had had with Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, the Clippers had it right now with Chris Paul. Obviously the Lakers had it with Kobe. The Heat had it with LeBron even Cleveland had it with LeBron. These guys are all guys to take over at the end. Rondo has proven to be one of arguably one of the worst clutch quote unquote players. Uh, in the league, he, he vanishes at the end of games. He he plays one way for forty, forty-one minutes. Mm-hmm. He'll throw the ball around the court, get fancy assists, and the next thing you know, uh, it's a five-point game under five minutes to go. He just gets the ball ha- across, hack forth and throws it somewhere, runs in a corner somewhere, and then he, it's like he's not even out on the golf, he's, not, he's not even out in the court.
2: Do you, you agree with most people's assessment that that all stems from his fear of getting to the foul line?
1: Uh, I I brought up that point a few times, it, it, many times. Um, that's that uh, thing they can't make them a star because uh, there's going to be those nights where you don't have it. Uh, you don't, you know, your shots not falling, or you know, you're going to the basket and even those shots aren't falling, and maybe you're a little sloppy with the basketball. Sometimes, you know, a guy like LeBron James, or uh, it's not fair to say LeBron, but a guy, any guy like Chris Paul, on any given night can just say, you know what? I don't really got it. I'm just gonna put my head down attack the basket and hopefully I get the foul line ten eleven times. Mm-hmm. Derek Rose can do it, obviously. Yep. Ronald can't. Rondo has a fear of getting to the line. Uh he avoids contact. That's it's I uh, he he's just he can't it's just too important. Um those facets that make up a great player. He doesn't So have it. with
2: that said sorry, go ahead, finish.
1: No, I mean, I, I think you have a, a good vicinity of what I was getting at, John. He doesn't, you know, those are two valuable uh, facets to his game that he doesn't have. You can't win with him as your first, second-best player. He is what he is. He's, he's making a fair salary at ten, eleven million $11 a year. can be your third guy, but you need to have two other guys. You need to have that big guy down low defensively, and then you need to have another guy in the wing that can take over at the end of games and get baskets when the offense isn't exactly flowing. Like a, you know, like you it will on any given night, and mm-hmm. Rondo can't do either of those, and he needs two other guys to do it, which means that you can't pay him max money because you're going to have to pay the other two guys max money to do that.
2: Which so, you almost just answered my next question. Uh, if you're running the Celtics, are you getting rid of? Are you getting rid of Rondo? Uh,
1: I wrote about it last year. I thought the, I think the time is uh, unfortunately the injury is it makes it a huge issue, but yeah. He's, his contract is due up in about two years. You don't want him to get to his contract here because then those players can uh, dictate to where they're being traded to in this right. indirectly, obviously. You lose a lot of they leverage. Can say, they can use leverage. I'm not going to resign with that team if you trade me to them. Right. So uh, that's what Carmelo Anthony did. Um, <laughs> in the way, that's what yes, House is doing. They, they minimize their options. So he's got a few years left in his contract. You don't want to get into a Josh Smith situation where you have a guy who's not a max player. Rondo is not a max player in a championship game. You don't want to get into that situation where he's commanding max money and you don't want to pay him max money. Uh, that minimizes your return. Obviously, he's coming off an injury. If you're the Celtics, you're hoping that he comes back, it shows that he's healthy, it shows he's a productive player, and then, honestly... I put a for sale sign right over his jersey and take the best offer available. I just I I think the sellers are too far down the line now on this new plan of taking. I think they should do a complete uh, what was it? Chicago White Sox 1997 fire sale. Florida Marlins. <laughs> Florida me. Marlins, sure. Big fire sale they had. They've I had a couple of them. Off. Uh, well, they had the famous one. We all remember that one right after the World Series. But uh, yeah. I think that's where they are. They're too far down the line. With now, I think there should be a big fat for sale sign on Rondo um, with the cell phone number on the back that you can give any <laughs> age a call. And I take best offer. Um, now, I hope and, and go from there. And then you're at scratch. You don't want to be at scratch. And then hopefully you build from there.
2: This is sort of water over the bridge at this point but um you talk about timing with Rondo and, and the timing is tough to trade him because his his trade value is probably the lowest it's going to be you know not only is he coming off an ACL uh surgery he he's still coming back you know he he's not back from it yet you know he, he last we saw him he he was recovering from surgery we never seen him on the on the floor again so we don't know what he's what shape he's in um do, the Celtics finished barely barely over five hundred. And if they played that eighty second game, who knows? They might but have been they, exactly Um so was last year's and I mean two thousand twelve, two thousand eleven, twelve, uh last year's, you know, bring into game six uh in the conference semifinals, was that fool's gold? You know, would the Celtics have been better off uh having traded or really push, you know, whether Maybe Danny did, and he probably did, and didn't see what he you know, didn't get, what he offers that he wanted. But, but there, are, you know, we don't know the inside. So, so tell me, do you think they should have blown this up going into the 2012-13 season? Was that Foos' gold, that that uh, long uh, series against the Heat?
1: Well, I don't think they should have blown it up. I really don't. Uh, blowing it up is a, is a, a, as Rich Conte has written uh, many times, and I've agreed with him. Is a last option. Um, And was that run fool's gold? It it was, in a sense. Obviously, if Derrick Rose is healthy, there's no chance that team gets to the Eastern Conference Finals whatsoever. However, they they were still there. I mean, they were still – they were up 3-2, going back home to a raucous Boston crowd. Everyone in Boston assumed they were going to win that game and host another NBA Finals in this city. Um, was it full goals yet But at the same time They were close um, Bringing back the team Was the right decision Not because They could squeeze Another championship Out of this group um, you, know, you, never, you know They could You never know Obviously uh, But a very 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 slim Bottom you know, About 5% But I think it was better For the long term Health of the franchise uh, One I think We can go back To Doc Rivers I think Because they wanted To keep Doc Rivers around to keep some of the players around. These mm-hmm. veteran players maybe help teach some of these younger players they had, Selinger, Bradley, Jeff Green, uh, the importance of winning and their culture, and hopefully they can add more to their pool with some of their later-round draft picks.
2: Great play actually, so, yeah.
1: So I think that's what they had in mind, and they would stay somewhat competitive. High Yeah, well, fans, if you look
2: at that East, a lot wins, of people had them as the have,
1: second or third right. seed. Oh, absolutely. Um, I didn't, but I, I – I, at the same time, I did not see them going 40 and 41 and 40. Right.
2: Um,
1: I think that that's what the plan was. Maybe keep this team competitive. Compete high 40s, 50s. Keep it, you know, keep this winning culture going. And crack free agents as it comes down the line. But, unfortunately, that's not how it played out. The season was a colossal bust. It was a worst-case scenario. Every single yep. player they brought in was a huge disappointment. Uh, Absolutely. Then you had obviously the injuries, and then yeah. and then you, you had the fact that that just led to one thing after another. That disinterest, Doc Rivers. It seemed like uh, with the fact that they ended up being so far away from a championship, rather than say in that next level, that next tear. That you know, obviously you had your top pairs, but I think if they stayed in that next tear, um, that that would have been a success. But they fell so far back to mediocrity to the. You know, to the complete middle of the league that disinterested the coach. He even, even disinterested a guy like Paul Pierce who said something along the, I think it was the bullpen the Herald um, sometime of the season like, hey, I can be somewhere else next year and that's something that you never would have heard Paul Pierce say that little, a year right. ago. Would have said right. That. Right. So they fell so far back where it Jason was Jason like, Terry okay, was, huge. was a huge part of that. Right. Uh, Terry, um, Lee was uh, Lee was a very big part of
2: it. Avery Bradley really struggled, and and really not his fault. He had surgery, uh, double double shoulder surgery, and you only have two shoulders. So (laughs) that's that's 100% of your shoulders that he had. And he was 10 pounds lighter in his upper body. I mean, he didn't have have any muscle on him. So – uh, and Jason Terry, I thought made perfect sense- I really liked that signing. he was Ray Allen, oh, but he I could create his own good. shot, you know I mean on paper that that looked great. I had no problem with that uh but boy it didn't it didn't work out and look, you know, fool's gold or otherwise you're right it It was a worst case scenario last year this year they give me a we we're, we're running out of time, so give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. Do you like this approach? You wish they had kept it together
1: um i for years. I said they should keep it together as long as they can, not to compete for championships, but to compete, to keep the team competitive, to keep the boss as an attractive destination for free agents, to keep a guy like Doc Rivers on board. However, the last season, it just ruined everything. The Celtics it fell way back to the pack. It disinterested everybody. Once Doc, started, when, when Doc went, that was the glue that kept everything together. Once he went, I, I think there was really no turning back. And once that happens, you have to just, Sort of throw in the towel and you know have that my you know that the Florida Marlins buyer sale and just sort of and, hope that you that get whatever you can and that looks like that's and, exactly and
2: it's, what they did. Ainge
1: is you know hey he's proven he can do it once uh, if you're a Celtics fan you just you gotta hope that he you know he can do it again.
2: And there couldn't be a better draft for them to do it. And all right, Larry, thank you so much. We appreciate your time and thank you to Daniel and thanks to everybody listening. We will talk to you next week.